Stian Mo, welcome back. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful as usual. Nah. So today, I believe that we should once again return to the discussion of financial independence and kind of go about it in a more conclusive way, more in a lifestyle matter of uh, going first from what we talked about earlier and then go to the halfway point and how the savings rate can be increased or decreased or whatever is the most uh, appropriate action at the moment. And also when it comes to after, you cross the chasm, so to speak. Whatever you should want to do uh, after donating, or having inheritance, or have many generations. So I think we should start by doing a quick recap of what we talked about earlier. Could you provide us with such a recap? So I would recap our conversation so far that it's not that hard that uh, you cannot do it if you have a long-term perspective, but it does take quite some time. And it's important to know some of the basics that we have talked about. Yeah, exactly. And also when it came to the last show last week one of the or actually two things that i felt was uh, quite important to once again regurgitate was um, the fact that when you wanted to invest in index fund you wanted as many companies possible and if you want a high return then go for smaller companies they can double their revenue like proportion wise so if you got uh, 50 very small ones then you can quickly see a quick jump everyone doing their own uh, multiplication do you have any more to add what i said before there no i I think that's a good summary of our conversation. Okay, so... Now we can imagine ourselves in the situation, maybe five or 10 years or a little bit longer when we are in, in what's called a halfway mark. We are, in other words, halfway to financial target that we want to reach if we want to continue uh, living on our own term. Is there something we should be aware of or many things we need to be aware of once we cross this milestone? Not really. Okay. So it's not like we need to have some kind of thorough checkpoint for NK. This is how it looks like right now. It's, it's more like you have to pretty much adjust all the time considering the different life events or other ideas can show up. Yes, I think something that's good to think about when it comes to fire is that it's more of a gradual process than a either or. So like we mentioned last week that you probably shouldn't take out all the money and put it in the mattress. Even if you could survive doing that, it's much better that you keep it invested so that you have more money to donate at the end of life or to continuously every year be able to donate money to charities where you find it do more good than having it in your mattress. So you mentioned donate and uh, of course that's something one uh, could do if they feel like uh, it would be better to do good in that way. Do you have any other thing to say about like donating in general? Is that a common thing in the fire? community? I think that before the concept of FIRE existed, it was the most common way of spending your money once you'd reached financial independence uh, to either do research, to be able to improve the world. Like Alfred Nobel is a famous example of someone who made so much money uh, and wanted to improve the world and didn't really know how to do it. So he set up a prize. And then we have the modern uh, way of doing it with Bill Gates, who said that he wanted to donate somewhere, but he couldn't find a good place. So he set up his own foundation. So I think Starting a company or starting a similar organization that tries to do good in the world is quite common. And it's been common in the last hundreds of years that a rich person knows that in order to enjoy life, it's not about spending money on yourself, but on your society. Yeah, that's actually something I've come to realize after some uh, evenings uh, at the beach, because uh, you can pretty much enjoy yourself whenever, despite finding a situation, despite in which place you are in the world, despite how it's looking both terms of uh, work, but 
struggles, life relationships, stuff like that. Stuff like that. It is equally possible for everyone, I believe, to access the path to fulfillment, or not really a path. It's more of a state that can be accessed on demand, which is the present state. So then it comes the question: like, okay, if you can be like instantly fulfilled right on the spot, and you pretty much don't need to do anything other than you yourself want. In other words, stand on your own legs by having other sources of income, so to speak. What should you do then? And then came the question um, when I contemplated a little bit about it. I found out like there is this human instinct because we originally evolved as a tribe uh, colony or tribe species or city states or stuff like that. But there is something very inherent in us that wants to help other people that love to see others getting raised up from their previous position to the next one. Especially like it's like one of the reasons why mentoring is quite popular amongst uh, people that have achieved some kind of recognition stuff like that because it's very rewarding. So I can totally see why donating should be a um, natural solution for most people that probably doesn't be too invested, maybe their own name and stuff like that. Do you see what I mean there? I completely agree. And I think it's also good that you mentioned that it's all not donating is not just about money, but also about time, investing time as in mentoring or other ways, uh, donating your time. But um, yeah, of course. And uh, also when it comes to starting companies, well, if you have more agency in the process, well, but um, let's talk about we can take for example two um, uh, prolific fire members first one Mr. Money Mustache and the other one being uh, Frugal Woods both of them are quite active not really in a more global scale but more on a local scale when it comes to physical activities of house renovation and other kinds of exterior matters so I guess it's quite common to have some kind of influence and hobby that one enjoys even if it's not like effective altruism so to speak yes. but then comes the question as well because many people think like uh, okay, a beach in Barbados is all you need, psych you don't. Uh, or uh, rather there would be other things, well, like hedonic treadmill. But is that common for people that have reached fire to basically go on a, what could you say, a half year splurge of just shilling out and doing everything they want to do? Or is that not a very um, common phenomenon amongst people who have made it, so to speak? I think it w- it's very different from person to person how you find that your ideal does not matter how it is in reality. So for people working 40 hour weeks that do not enjoy their work, they can imagine sitting on a beach forever once they retire. But for a retired person, sitting on the beach becomes boring after a few days. Or maybe after a few hours, if if the person is uh, particularly work-oriented. I remember a particular scene in uh, Tim Ferriss 4-Hour Workweek in which um, one of the chapters was filling the void. And it was very explicit, the fact that if you got your quote-unquote perfect day, it will not be as glamorous as you might see in dreams because, yeah, life is way. And after all, we want to do something as well, not just be. And being is very good too. So um, that's just something that I pretty much think is interesting to search for something that could be actually day if you're living near beaches or other kinds of stuff. But when it comes to the savings rate, and especially when it comes to barista and flamingo, let's say that uh, we have two people. One of them is doing more classic uh, financial independence route, and the other one is doing more the barista fire as an example and we can also add a third one uh, doing the flamingo so let's say that they are doing same path with the same terms with same interest and all that stuff and same split but is it normal to change in the process for instance like okay now i want to save more now i want to save and because i think many people could have the impression like okay have the savings threat have the savings rate and then you're set but i believe it's a little bit more volatile than that how people want to allocate their different assets yeah i think 
think for many people, depending on how your career goes, it will differ quite a lot. And for many people, depending on where you are in reference to wanting to have children, it makes a big difference. And that's probably the biggest factor for how this will go. Basically, having a bigger place to live in is uh, quite a steep cost compared to what has been um, possible before on just uh, two people. So let's go back to um, the donating. Let's say if people consider themselves to have made it and want to donate extra, what, according to you, should be the best donate investment for them? For most people, unless they're very interested in the subject, I would say that finding an organization that guides you in your donation is best. Currently, there are a few different organizations that are quite uh, good in that they do their own research and they show the research and then they rank different charities depending on different metrics. And depending on what metric you consider most important, you could say, for example, Malaria Net is one of the most effective ways to save a life. So that is essentially that there are lives lost every year that could be prevented if we just had more Malaria Net in those regions where people are too poor to buy it themselves uh, so that they end up getting malaria because they cannot afford buying a malaria net. And then the children will have to stay home from school because the children get sick and then the parents end up having to take care of them from home so that they cannot go to work and then they miss even more income, meaning that they have a downward spiral where they have too little money to really get out of poverty and also have a worse education, leading to much harder time to then uh, let the next generation get out of poverty. And on top of all of this, uh, when the parent or child dies, that's a very big cost for the family. And especially if one of the parents dies, devastating. About $3,000 is enough to save a life. And that also means that you're protecting quite a few from getting sick, missing school or missing work, which is a bigger cost than people realize. Yeah, that's um, very important as well. So So that's one example of a charity that has a very good return on investment that you help uh, quite a few people and you save a life for not that much money. So that's very high ranked uh, charity. And then this organization, Malaria Foundation, is top ranked uh, organization on, for example, givewell.org, which is the organization that ranks charities that have the biggest, most extensive research on all different charities. Okay. Are there other causes that are maybe equal as impactful as uh, malaria that one could consider also? I I know that um, many consider maybe for the cancer, child cancer, Alzheimer's, etc. How are they compared to like malaria or how important are they? So there are quite a few different ones. So for example, there's some vitamin deficiencies that are still quite big issue. In most Western countries, you get AD drops, vitamin A and vitamin D. And vitamin A deficiency is a big cause of quite a few deaths. And uh, you also end up blind if you survive it. It's very inexpensive to get vitamin A. Okay, so the most effective ones would be easy solutions for in mass scale, for instance, ADD drops and uh, malaria net and possibly yes, and other vaccines. some other medicines and yeah, exactly vaccines. There are like uh, some parasites that you never heard of in the Western country, like uh, there's something called parasitic worm infections uh, that is basically you take a pill and then you're vaccinated from getting this worm. Okay, that's, that's good to know. So, and most uh, of these are good examples of if you're very poor and you have to choose between food or a vaccine and you end up then not taking the vaccine, then it's very likely that the next generation will also stay poor because they cannot uh, get a good education because you're home sick with different diseases. Yeah, exactly. It's good factor in as well as second order effect. So 
let's kind of switch gear but uh, it's good to have some kind of transition element let's say if, now we talked about uh, death a lot so i don't know how um, handy it is but let's say if you get an inherited and you are in a financially independent position how would you advise them in general to uh, do it if they are not sure so if the case uh, is that you have more money than you know spend on yourself i would recommend that you look on givewell.org and see what charities do you feel connect most with you among these top high ranked charities and learn more about them so that you feel like you do not just uh, have to take their word for it. If you learn about it, you can see that your money will do a lot of good for a lot of people. And comparing how much you could do for yourself, spending that money on yourself, you know that you might improve your happiness for a few days, but it will not be a life-changing difference as saving someone from becoming blind. Okay, so if one gets an inheritance and doesn't really need it, it's good to pretty much double or triple down on the foundations that we previously mentioned? Yeah, I think that's one good way of going about doing it. There are, of course, other ways. We talked about Warren Buffett, for example, where you can, of course, find it enjoyable to invest the money and then have more money to donate in the future. But that I would only recommend people who are already interested in going around doing that way of uh, accumulating more wealth. And of course, when it comes to cost effectiveness, I would say that's the best way going about doing it. So let's go back to the life. Life after being retiring early. And uh, maybe we can go a little bit autobiographical in terms of for you, Stenemo. How is the life? Is this a very good life to live? And uh, what things be worth thinking about? You achieved it. If one could have this uh, more grandiose uh, adjectives. So I think it's good to think of it not as a either or, having achieved it or not having achieved it, but more as a process. So you should think of it uh, I try to think of it as a bit coming closer to a bigger goal, but enjoying the process of getting closer to it. So my current goal is not really to be more fire. I am as fire as I need. It's more a case of having more money to donate and deciding when and how to donate it. And the current plan is to donate more time. So going down from working more than full time, uh, which I'm doing both because I'm doing research that is very interesting for me and I think it's important. It's not really a case of now as soon as I have enough money, I will stop working just because. It's more a case of a process of going forward from where I am standing now and seeing that I can still have a goal and the goal will never be reached, so to speak. You will always have new goals, but you should enjoy the process of getting closer to the current goal that you have. I fully agree that one should always enjoy the process and think too much about milestones. And also, how do you... um... How do you spare yourself from the hedonic treadmill seeing as you have financial means now? I think that I've been practicing stoicism and that's probably part of it. But even before that, I've always had that mindset of to try to enjoy life where I am, to not focus too much on what I don't have, but rather to appreciate what I do have. That's really helpful, both now and in the future. I completely agree upon that. So one thing or question that I've been pondering about since we had this conversation, I believe it's a sick episode now of um, how to be financially independent. I thought about this and we talked much about like savings rate and how to save, but you can also earn money. And you can earn money a lot and really a lot if you have um, both the competence and uh, the network and also uh, luck too. But let's say like in this uh, modern entrepreneurial, digital whatever day and age where um, finally started to go big bold. Also when it comes to like companies but other products or services that might be popular down the line while still having a very frugal uh, 
savings rate. So let's say that you previously earned after graduate from college or university, whatever, maybe roughly 50% as an example. But then after earning probably 30,000, 40,000 a year and fast forward five to eight years later, you're suddenly earning $300,000, $500 a year, but you're still living on the same money that you previously had and pretty much save all the rest. So one could say that the savings rate has still been constant, even a lot improved, like maybe saving 95, 96% of the increased uh, revenue that has come into the own personal domain. Would you say that it's a pretty interesting shortcut to financial independence if one managed to not get fall into the trap of the hedonic treadmill? Yes, I think for us in the Western world where you're able to have a good education and it's not that riskful to start a company, it's a very good way of either becoming financially ruined if you do very poorly, which of course can happen, but even yeah. then it's not so bad for us in the Western world. So you have a high chance of moderate success and you have some chance of a great success where a great success means that you could end up donating hundreds of millions of dollars at your 100th birthday. Yeah, and it's also good to um, know that uh, these kind of great breakthroughs, of course they, they are very latent and depending on a lot of factors. So one should be quite like frugal in the beginning in order to not get wiped out in the process as it could be for most of the risk, but rather to bet small and reinvest and see yourself the influence growing up. So with this I think we covered pretty much the entire spectrum of uh, financial independence or have we pretty much got everything worth knowing for all of our listeners covered already? I think when it comes to FIRE, you can spend five minutes and some people will be happy with just that and you can spend what we have spent, uh, about two hours of talking about the basics of uh, the overview and then you could uh, go down in the details and spend hours on how do you know how society will change? How do you know that 4% is enough? Should it really be 6% saving uh, uh, spending rate? So there are many details that we could delve into if people are interested. So I think uh, depending on what our listeners say, I think we could do follow-up episodes regarding those topics. Yeah, more like deep dive and more tech things. So, so um, we'll see um, what's going to come up a week after it could be some appendices moving on to a different topic. But uh, on that, thank you very much, uh, Stian, pretty much. Uh, educating me the path towards better life both now and in the future financial thank you